Well, hello, folks. Welcome to the latest episode of HR Tech Chat. Um, we have a very special guest with us today, Mitch Zenger, who is the founder of Synctrix and also a member of the um, 360 Insights Global Executive Advisory Council. Um, welcome, Mitch. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation to join and looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and, and I'm looking forward to this too, very much. We had a we got pretty deep last time we were talking we <laughs> about uh, the future of work and and uh, AI and blockchain and uh, analytics and data and all that. And um, I mean, I and we were just chatting and uh, we weren't sure where to start here because any one of those would be a great sort of entry point to this. Um, but but I'll tell you what, what why don't you share with our with our uh, listeners and viewers, excuse me, um, just exactly what Syntrix is all about. I think I think that that would be a great place to start because that's a really good linchpin for a lot of these um, these topics. Sure. Um, so Syntrix is a early stage startup. So we're sort of building a, a very very different HR tech platform. Um, our main focus is uh, really trying to create people analytics at scale. So really aggregated data that can scale across lots of companies, et cetera. And to do that requires an extremely different architecture. So if you want people analytics to scale, you know, you need to have data models that are all interconnected together. You need to have data that's owned and controlled by people. So you have the security and transparency and controls that people would feel comfortable, uh, you know, creating and entering data in. Um, and probably the biggest or most interesting and challenging hurdle to overcome is this idea that your data is owned and controlled by employees. So you own it, you take it with you, it's transferable. And you can also really, you know, in this new world of work where you have, you know, gig economy, remote workers, you know, uh, partners, uh, contingent labor, et cetera, they should be connected to this whole, you know, data infrastructure. So you should be able to, you know, put a team together that has people from a variety of different entities and really have them see each other for who they are, create, you know, assessments, give feedback to each other and really coach and support each other. So that's what we're trying to build. That's really interesting. A couple of things. So first of all, yeah. Having having the uh, the individual contributor, whether it's a contingent worker or a contractor or an actual employee, own their own data, so it belongs to them. That that's that's a major game changer um, um, because I mean that's pretty much the inverse or opposite of what it is today. And I can see what you're saying around you know changing architectures significantly. Can, maybe you could paint a picture. Yeah. For, 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 to paint a picture of like, like an example, it doesn't have to be, uh, uh, it can be, but doesn't have to be an overly uh, elaborate example, but what this would, what this would look like, um, just kind of like a, you know, an example, what would this look like um, with having this data model being, you know, that the data is owned by the contributor and, how would that be? How would that benefit the organization and the individual? Sure. I mean, so let me take it personal. So, for an individual, 
I want to be in control. And this really is, you know, also kind of the cultural revolution that's happening in our world today. I want to be in control of who I am, how I project myself, what reputation or sort of what I'm known for inside of my company. That doesn't happen today. Sort of like you get, you get pigeoned into you're the project management guy or you're the, you know, strategy guy. And you may be good at that, but it may not be who you really want to be at work. Um, and so you don't really care, you know, your performance review, like you have it done every year. Does anybody really care that much about it other than, yeah, I want to get, you know, salary increase. Not really, because if you're going to, you know, quit that data has gone and lost. So owning that and controlling it is really important. And then with that, I'm projecting and a little, it's almost, becoming more vulnerable to my teammates. Here's who I am. Here's what I want to be good at. Here's my reputation. Embrace that. Here's how I want you to use me on the teams that I'm working on and the projects I'm working on. Um, and so it really is a very different structure and conversation. And then from an employer point of view, employers are not, you know, we're moving out of this command and control architecture inside of companies. It's really about how do we support our people? How do we encourage them to learn and develop and grow? And there's all this, you know, skills development activity that's going on in our world today. If an employer should be encouraging that and they should be saying, you know, I want you to create the data that I can use to help you grow and expand and I'll support that. So in essence, business model is I'll pay you to create data that I can use to see how we're doing and how we're performing as, or, as an organization mm -hmm. and, you know, drive improvements and changes and optimize team structures, et cetera, with the right sets of strengths and skills. Um, you know, the other sort of narrative I would share with you is these processes should all be interconnected. So, you know, right now you have an employer who forces you as an employee to log into 10 different tools to do your learning, to do your assessment, to do your pulse survey, to do your, you know, goal setting, and, you know, then to go and reward and recognize people for achievements or success. That, that's crazy. And it's, you know, it, it's, it's cumbersome, it's complex. Nobody really likes that UI. So in the world of, you know, digital, everything sort of being connected together, it really should be one login, one platform. I go to one place to really see a feed of, you know, here's the goals I'm working on. Here's the feedback I've given. Here's the recognition people gave to me. Oh, I should recognize that person for those kinds of skills and, and strengths. Here's a learning thing I could be, you know, doing. It should all be the same and on the same platform and connected together with the same data structures and stuff like that. Right. And, 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 and of course that facilitate that would greater facilitate this, this uh, ownership of the data, um, which th that, that complete paradigm shift in terms of the ownership of the data. What you, what you're talking about is, is um, makes me think about some of this future of work uh, stuff mm -hmm. that um, that's been coming up around a real a shift in in talent acquisition and how, how we view that too right there's a there's a i don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves right now but there's a lot of yeah. human sort of there's there's that human element in talent acquisition and in the, in the determination of what somebody is good at and what they're known for 
for what, what how they're utilized at, at at the at the employer because of what they're known to be good or or perceived to be good at what they perceive themselves to be good at right. or what they're um, or what they're um, you know, how, what they're pigeonholed as and what what you seem to be talking about is a um, is a um, transformation or an evolution I say transformation or of that or a, taking it kind of putting it on its head right putting it on its head because what we're talking about is um how are are we actually utilizing employees as best we can and is it and this hadn't occurred to me is it because of the data models is it is it uh partially attributable to the limitations of the data models that we've sort of engineered sort of um, boxed ourselves into over several decades time i mean do, do you think that that's part of it it's it's absolutely it you hit the nail on the head like the data models, because HR has been separated in all these different functional areas, you know, nobody's really trying to create a data model that connects the learning development with the, you know, compensation with the, you know, o, you know, OKRs or, you know, the goal setting solutions, you know, connected to high potential employees and the leadership succession planning, they're all like different groups doing stuff. And they think of data very differently, but it should come together. I mean, in, in the world of today, I mean, the reason why Google and Facebook are so successful is they can take massive amount of data from all these different sources, piece it together. And they, they know what you're going to buy next week before you actually even began to thought about what you're gonna buy next week, just because of all the intelligence they have. We should be doing the same with HR data. Um, and that only comes when it's connected. It's like on the recruiting side, like I love all these surveys, they're great, but I need to have somebody who's an expert in DISC or in Myers-Briggs or whatever, you know, tool you use to interpret that so I can actually use it to help me. It, it should be the opposite, I should be, the consumer of it, I should interpret it, I should know it, and I should be the one that could, you know, say, I need this type of strength or profile to come into my team to help me on the change management or the, the human dynamics of this project mm -hmm. to make us successful. What I'm wondering is, I'm thinking about, okay, so let me, let me just share what, what I'm thinking. And yeah. you tell me if, it, if it's, uh, you know, if this is, uh, well, let me just share. <laughs> so the, we have, we have just, there's just a slew of, of uh, best of breed, or we'll just call, call them point solution, needed point solutions in this space, right? You know, you, yep. you, there's a bunch of special specialists will come in and, and say, and they'll come in and, and uh, pipe in just for scheduling, right? And some are AI based or they're, yep. I think it's really machine learning based, but but anyway, um, or you'll have somebody come in and say, you know, you want the best of breed payroll processing uh, software, right? Mm -hmm. And you have the, and the rest of your HCM suite may be uh, from one other provider, or maybe you have three providers and the third is for your learning and performance specifically, right? How, how do you see, <clears throat> how do I put this? How, what is, what is the, um, what is the path from this sort of, you know, 
existing um, um, reality mm -hmm. to 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 this new reality, to this future reality, near future reality, uh, that's that's so much more uh, beneficial to the organization and and the employee and the contributor, sort of mutually. Like, what's the path to get there? It, it it's going to be a bumpy path. It's gonna <laughs> it's not an easy thing. I mean. It, it's a major shift in how we think about, you know, an HCM solution in an organization. And I, I would liken it today to what we're seeing with just like ERP systems. You have the Oracle and the SAP. They're locked in. They can't re-architect their data structures overnight. Like, and, and they're locked into this ecosystem that's working very, very well. Um, it, I think the path is going to be somebody new coming in saying we have a very different way that we can look at this data, control it, manage it. You know, I mean, I, and I'm thinking of companies like Snowflakes or, or Databricks or others that's like, we can put all this in the cloud, we can automate it, we can simplify it. It's going to, you know, it's going to be a hundred X simpler to use and to manage. And, um, and it's actually gonna have a bigger impact. And I think the path is probably smaller companies adopting it, seeing a bigger impact and, an, and a massive change in employee engagement and employee loyalty, mm -hmm. that's gonna then drive, wow, I want this to scale and grow and expand. I don't think it's gonna be a big, a big company unless they've got a really forward thinking, uh, you know, Chief People Officer, they're they're not going to be thinking about making this kind of change uh, anytime soon. I was I was I was going to say I I think that the opportunity is probably at that inflection point where a small mm -hmm. company is um, you know say, saying to itself, hey, we need something better than Excel spreadsheets and uh, yeah. <laughs> PDF forms uh, to manage our HR and payroll. Um, and then th at that point. You know, there's you know, there's a number of um, there's a number of uh, players out there that will you know that you know sort of the 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 um, the conventional traditional look you know having an HCM suite for a small business right and the, and, and 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 having those those but speaking with those small companies at that point saying hey you know you need to be thinking about more than just you know getting the nuts and bolts of HR. Right. right or made seem right you start this is this is the time it may not seem like it to you um yeah. mr is small business right uh may not seem like it to you right now because you're just thinking about getting all of this you know this containing all these costs and getting all this stuff uh more efficient and automated but this is the time right now to be thinking long term about what's how how is your culture going to be when you're 500 employees strong as opposed to 100 right now or, or even 200 strong you know there's thinking about you know thinking about what what employer culture is at the very beginning there's some companies that you know they're just it's a bad culture from the very beginning and they never get beyond micro culture micro company size right and it's yep. 
this you know constant churn of employees but the ones that grow and they 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 uh, we were i was speaking with a uh, a fellow who who runs talent acquisition at a uh, at a trunking uh trucking company that's uh michigan based nope. michigan or wisconsin based um anyway uh, they're around a hundred employees strong and they have a very strong culture and they they know who they are right um and i i suspect there are a lot of small companies like that and they're, they're just at that point where they're thinking yeah. about you know adopting some better more efficient um innovative technologies for their talent acquisition so this is one of those examples where where you catch them at that point where they're where they're fixated on this is the right time to catch them they're fixated on getting that yep. automation getting getting those efficiencies because hr has turned is suddenly turned into an unwieldy uh, clumsy thing that's un, almost unmanageable with what they have in place you kiss them at that point where where they're so fixated on the automation you say hey this is the time to think about more yeah yeah and and i think the other thing that a lot of companies are looking at is what's the cost to bring on these HTM HCM platforms, you know, the admin setup, configuration, all the administrators who are sort of setting things up like that, that becomes a cost to adopt and to, you know, get that to scale. Um, and then the people analytics side, I mean, I think we're just starting to see companies and these are the bigger ones putting huge people analytics teams together to, to actually connect all this data and actually answer questions that executives are asking. And it's like, if you can simplify it and connect it, that's where I see the the huge opportunity. It's like, hey, I can get all the reporting I want, people analytics I want with centralized data without having to scale this massive people analytics team. It's all right there. What is, what, what, how does this change business models in the hmm. HCM technology space? I mean, Obviously, it, it's, it needs to become more of a consumer-like product and a consumer focus. So you need to create more value for the employee versus value for HR. HR is just one of the customers of the data, but the real customer is you know, that employee experience and what, what's the value the, the employee is, is receiving from all of this. Um, that's a big change. And, and, and then theoretically, you could create a whole incentive structure where it's employers are saying, we care about you, we want, you know, we want to give you well being uh, types of opportunities or benefits. We'll give you those benefits if you create the data and answer these questions and do these surveys, etc. That's a very different way to think about it. Whereas today, it's sort of like, HR is going to hound you until you create the data. Otherwise, you're going to get an annoying email and then we'll tell your manager they're not, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing. Like that's, that's childish almost. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that's like your, your, you know, your parent telling you go do this until, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, that should change. It should be a very, very different relationship. And so it's, um, you know, that to me is the biggest transformation is you're selling to, you're almost changing who the the consumer or the buyer is of this whole technology. It's not just around HR, it's around the whole people experience, which includes HR, it includes team leaders, it includes, you know, senior executives all trying to solve the same problem. 
you know what's interesting to me is, is having conversation uh, recently with um, with, and I don't remember who it was, but they got to this idea of around. Um, we were talking about um, customer experience, yep. right? And uh, I think it was California-based mm-hmm. motel. There was a motel in California that, and yep. it was it was voted the best. Um, the best, you know, uh, hotel <laughs> is yeah. actually a motel <laughs> in California to say it beat out Ritz Carlton and, you know, all of these. Right. And um, it was really quite, quite amazing. It, it wasn't a particularly special place from uh, a, aesthetically speaking, you know, they had, you know, it wasn't run down, but they had, you know, they didn't have the newest furniture. They even had the, the most, you know, jaw dropping, you know, kind of like architectural mm-hmm. design or anything like that. But what happened was that they, they would create these moments. Mm-hmm. They would create these moments for, uh, for customers, just really memorable kind of um, yeah. interactions. They would uh, bring them, uh, uh, you know, bring them, uh, either the latest business book or something like that to the pool or all sorts of cool things. You know, I, I, I can't remember any, any of the yeah. cool things that they did, but suffice it to say very cool things. And they created a very memorable experience for, for the customers. Okay. And that, that got us to talking about um, the similarities between, you know, employer, your employees and your customers. And obviously there's the service profit chain model that Harvard, Harvard business use uh, business, um, uh, review speaks of right around, you know, if your your floor associates are happy and engaged, your employee, yeah. your, excuse me, your customers will be happy and engaged, and keep coming back. Okay, um, I'm gonna get to the point soon. Trust me. <laughs> so, so the point is that um, uh, you can create those moments for customers, right? Yep. But I, I recall another conversation I had with another fellow, uh, Australian-based psychometrics company, actually, um, around, okay, employer culture or improving employee engagement, it's not about, it's not about offering, you know, putting a foosball in the, um, in the, uh, the rec room, uh, foosball table, or, you know, or uh, having pizza and, and beer or pizza and soda on Friday, right? Um, I was talking with a, another uh, a, a woman on our council around that also, you know, she, she calls it the HR, sort of the campfire girls, right? Yeah. Um, um, and and he, and he and I, we talked about, you know, pizza and beer on Friday. That That's not, culture. I mean, that's a great thing. It's nice for you to do for your employees. But, you know, so what you're talking about here around the employees owning their own data, to, that to me is a major way to, to just sort of an like a fundamental way to improve that employee experience. It's, it's, yeah. it, it's almost, you know, it's just, it's, it's intrinsic. Yeah. You know, it's just, that's, that's so, it right there. The intrinsic motivation to do this versus being forced on you. And I look at it as like, yeah, right now sort of we're in the, in the traditional command and control architecture of a company, like, it's forcing things to get done going, you know, down the food chain. And then it's, we're, we're almost building a competition among employees and all of our compensation, high potential classifications, you know, all of the nine box, whatever you want to use is basically we're trying to tell our employees you're competing with each other and whoever, you know, wins 
get, you know, gets to move up. That's, that creates competition amongst your employees, which then is a horrible experience. If you change that to try to say, we're trying to create teams and we're trying to create those experiences where you understand each other and you support each other. And it's almost this realization, if I support you and you support me, we're going to make the company successful and it's going to help both of us or it's going to help the both of us and the company. Um, and our systems don't do that right now. Our systems create competition. It's just the, the nature of, I mean, we created that a hundred years, we created the systems a hundred years ago and and the technology and the 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 methodology hasn't changed really. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 it, it, we're starting to talk about um, human motivation actually, mm -hmm. uh, which is um, that's so you know there's there's this thing uh, called um, um, uh, it's called a ERG 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 theory. It's a, mm -hmm. It was developed by this guy. Um, I don't just like know this forever. I, I learned about <laughs> it very recently. <laughs> I don't want I don't want listeners to think oh yeah. knows. But um, it's learned about it recently. We've all heard of Maslow's. Many most of us heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is super interesting. You know, and it's you know I, I forget what the what the what the um, what the hierarchies are now. Off the top of my head, I'm having a a mind cramp. But you know, but the lower ones have to do with you know just survival. You know, I got to yeah. find my food and water, and I need shelter. You know, whether it's a shanty or whatever. Right. I'm thinking about you know the cave people, hunter gatherers yeah. way back. Right. Um, but, you know, today it's it's a house or, you know, and then as you move up, it, you know, you get into ideas of like self-esteem and communicate, uh, you know, uh, interaction and yep. and way up at the top is self self-actualization, which is interesting. And the idea in that is that you have to go through each one uh, move up. You can't think about self-actualization until you're until you got your survival needs and all that kind of stuff figured out. Well, then Clayton Alder for later said, you know what, we can consolidate this, synthesize it into just three areas, existence, relatedness, and growth. All right. Yeah. And, and it seems to me, and in, in the idea around ERG theory is that you can, any input, like from a human motivational standpoint in the workplace, any person uh, can be thinking about all three of those things, three things at the same time. So you don't have to figure out your existence before you can start thinking about relatedness or growth, right? You can do the, all three of them at the same time. So where I'm going with this is you talked about the comp, um, uh, people competing against each other on quote unquote teams, right? And yeah. how that, that's really sort of detrimental to organizational success. Right. Um, it can be, right? I, I can think of some areas where it can you know help organ some some business models right where it might help but whole point is that that's just focused on existence that's just existence how much right. money i'm going to make right there's no relatedness or growth in there no. exactly and if yeah. we can create those experiences and if we can create incentives that say we're paying you to connect with each other, to, to understand your profile and help people, you know, give feedback on how they're doing. I'm, I'm seeing these behavior changes. Can you help me with my goals and, and reinforce, are you seeing the behavior changes and growth that I want to have and recommend a great YouTube video that I saw that helped in 
you know, being more assertive or being more whatever. Um, that that's what you want. Those kinds of of small experiences where it's like, oh, my people I work with care about me and want to support me. That, that's huge. It's a major retention um, yeah. strategy. Yeah. Right. No, absolutely. Because uh, if you're just if you're if you're getting all three of those things from your current employer, then then you really have very little reason to leave. Right. And we have I've been reading recently around um, this coming. Uh, I wish I wish I had come up with this term, <laughs> the great resignation. Uh, oh, yeah. I read it's, about I, I'm already seeing it. It's it's happening yeah. right now. It's yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, and it, and I was having a conversation uh, with uh, a, another person uh, happens to be on the, on the council, uh, the 360 Insights Council around this. And it's pretty interesting that, I mean, I think there's all sorts of things going on right now uh, that are, we're just in a really strange time because of the massive disruption of the past year and a half. Yep. Uh, I think there's no getting around it. I think we're all, you know, the past is not is not necessarily going to be, you know, a predictor of of the future, <laughs> at least for the for the near future. I think we're going to see a lot of weird trends happening. Um, but this kind of fits in with with this whole existence thing and and competition and uh, and uh, you know and uh, monetary, uh, you know, just compensation incentive for employees, right? Uh, yep. the, this person, and, and I've heard this elsewhere too, getting into major bidding wars uh, for new for for new uh, new hires, for frankly, um, you know, not not bad uh, candidates, but not you know particularly exceptional candidates, sort of middling people, right? Yeah. Um, yep. I, I don't, I'm not trying to disparage anybody, but you know, yeah. people who are might be you know good enough for the yeah. role, the open role, right? We're getting into bidding wars. And so we have people been working, especially desk workers. Let's just talk about desk workers because we have the whole frontline workers. Yeah. We have folks that work on, you know, the power lines and stuff like that too. Uh, their, their experience has been completely different for, with COVID. But for desk workers, it's all been work from home. Um, you're on Zoom all day or you're working, you know, by yourself. Um, and that's, you know, been trying to support the employee experience there. A lot of people aren't really getting that that interaction or that social socialization that they normally get face to face with their coworkers um, at wherever they work. And so they're so. What's interesting is they're also they're kind of reverting back to yeah. just focusing on existence. Well, you know, eh, I'm not really. Uh, if I'm going to be working from home and I can, then. I'm going to, you know, angle for as much pay as I possibly can. And that's interesting. And you know, what's in interesting about it too, Mitch, is that um, every single person, there is no absolute, you know, like objective truth about what any one person is worth, right? It's just what the market says, right? right? And, right. and, and it, because the, the absolute truth doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. It's just a decision made by several parties. That, so, you think about the fact that some of these folks that are, you know, they're good enough for these roles, yeah. getting paid, you know, getting into bidding wars to get them. What is that's that's a huge cost. I mean, there, there's actually, I would love to see the R. Uh, I don't know how you would do this, but 
measure the ROI yeah. uh, after the fact of, of this of this situation, these major bidding wars. And you know, did these companies actually get what they paid for? And what was what was the what what was the loss? Well, we actually received in what we paid. I, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I think if you watch the trends of, you know, there's going to be more opportunities, more jobs out there. And we're actually going to hit as this inflection point where there's not enough people and more people retiring, not enough, you know, new people entering the workforce. And um, the bidding war is just going to get bigger and bigger. And if you have nothing to sort of say our culture is better or the way we support you and educate you and, 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 you know, the, our, environment's better it's just going to be a bidding war and it will continue to be that way um and you know it might be more cost effective for uh employers to to invest mm -hmm. in um in some of these you know major sort of transformational fundamental uh changes in the employee experience um to to, to ward off the great resignation for their own organization. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be more cost-effective to do that or cost less to do that than to get into the inevitable, you know, multiple bidding wars once people leave and you need to find new people. But, but and going back, you know, traveling, tooting my own horn, like you need to have data that's decentralized that can be like the glass door. Here is our culture. Here's what people say about us that can be shared transparently. And, you know, there's, there's not too many sources like that. Um, and so, you know, that, that's the differentiator. Yeah, I think so. I think so. This has been yeah. really interesting. Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad uh, you agreed to be a guest because this, I mean, I, you know, we have our work cut out for us. In the, mm -hmm. And I say we, <laughs> I'm just an analyst watching yep. everybody. Do it, you know? <laughs> it changes. You, people like you are doing the hard work, um, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, it, this, there's going to be big changes coming, you know, they have to happen uh, fundamentally. It's just some of these architectures to, to really enable some of these uh, potential next um these potential new circumstances that are they're so much better for, for employer and contributor alike um, but you know I guess I guess the the upside is that there's a there's a bright the future of work is bright yeah it is it there there it is ripe with opportunity and and change um, and the people who do it right and do it the right way are gonna have you know great opportunities so you know I love seeing is HR has a tape a seat at the table in the operations and the functions of organizations. They're not just the administrative side; like they are a strategy value creator um, inside of companies now. Yeah, yeah, and that's the way they're going to survive. You know, yep. because eventually all this stuff, you know, all of the cost containment stuff is going to be automated uh, mm -hmm. eventually, and even more than that with AI for complex automation of variable tasks so yeah this is, is they have to embrace this yeah, yeah. That, that's yep. a great great point thanks yep. so much mitch thank you so much Brent, it's great to talk to you always look forward to having conversations with you and uh, thanks for this opportunity to be on your show
Oh yeah, absolutely. Same here. Thanks, man. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. See ya.